0: You're listening to Welcome to Eloma, a podcast for highly ambitious dreamers who get shit done. I'm your host, Kylie Peters. This is a space where we talk about reducing financial vulnerability. One of the things you'll hear me talk a lot about is financial security or stability or freedom. Most entrepreneurs I know are seeking this in some capacity, but it can be really scary, especially with so many unknowns. And one of the biggest and sometimes, unfortunately, one of the messiest situations we might find ourselves in is when we combine our finances with a significant other. So today's guest is Rhonda Nordyke. She's the founder and CEO of the Women's Financial Wellness Center. She's a certified divorce financial analyst and is focused on helping women reduce financial vulnerability when navigating through divorce. So I'm very excited for today's conversation and excited to have Rhonda on the show. Welcome to Eloma, Rhonda. Awesome, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. We're excited to have you. So tell us a little bit, how did you find yourself niching down in this space? Yeah,
1: absolutely. Well, um, so I started in the financial industry, um, in the early 2000s and really found myself, um, gravitating toward wanting to help women. And it was, you know, it was challenging because everybody was like, well, Rhonda, everybody needs to have a financial strategy. (laughs) Everybody needs to have a financial plan. I'm like, I know, but like, I want to help the women. And, um, so really like everything, right? You're like, why is it that I'm gravitating toward helping them? And so you got to do some soul searching and some reflection. And ultimately it came down to, you know, as a kid, right? I always wanted to, I was kind of the warrior, right? I wanted there to be justice. I always wanted to fight for the underdog, Um And I just found that kind of following through my life. And so, you know, in the financial industry, I had women that would come into my office and um, come into my events and they'd say, Rhonda, you know, I feel like this whole process is an open purse. I'm going through divorce. I don't feel like my attorney's to call me back or I feel like I'm trying to have a conversation with my spouse around money and they just keep telling me, you know, you'll be fine, it'll be fine. We've got a guy, you know, and whatever. And they found themselves being really frustrated. So fast forward, um, I had a close friend, um, probably about 10 years into the industry that had lost her husband unexpectedly and found herself in her late thirties as a widow uh, with two young kids. And, uh, probably Mm -hmm. one of the most challenging funerals I have ever been to, um, And what we ended up doing is we, so here's a young widow. And then we had a group of people that we knew that were going through divorce. And I said, why don't we just get together and do a focus group? And so we met uh, and three hours later, and who knows how many Kleenex um, later, I left there and I was like, there just has to be a better way for this. Um, The women were just feeling very disempowered um, in a lot of different areas and Mm -hmm. I wanted to help. So Uh, Nine years ago, I launched my company, uh, the Women's Financial Wellness Center, and I left the financial industry really as a way to, I wanted to be able to create... A model that was independent of financial product sales. I wanted to create a model where women could come into a space that was safe, and they could ask questions and be empowered and navigate through you know life's biggest challenges. And the first year, you know, we had over 300 women that came through our doors, which was before COVID. It was before social media was even really as robust as it is now. Those were all personal invites of like you know people um, that I knew that I wanted to invite to come through the center. And um, yeah, I don't think one person ever said this was the most ridiculous thing. Most people were like, where were you 10 years ago or 20 years ago when I was going through divorce? I really could have used help.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not only uh, from what I hear, an incredibly emotionally charged situation, but especially when you're splitting finances or you're trying to divide and conquer yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot that goes into that. So I love that you've created this space. And you know, unfortunately, what I hear so often is women oftentimes don't feel confident in understanding their finances. It's quote unquote something the man does, um, from which is what I hear from a lot of women. And it was like, nah, no, ladies, we gotta understand the money. We gotta understand where this comes from and how to manage it. So I'm I'm love the fact that you're building this safe space. Um so, outside of the fact that you know you came from this financial background, uh, you're talking about being a warrior and and really helping uh, to level the playing field. Is there anything else like that really tugged at your heartstrings to create this specific opportunity to focus on this specific area of a woman's life?
1: You know, I think at the end of the day, for me, it was I really uh, took some time to say, okay, what is it that I about? You know, what things do I love? What do I enjoy? What do I want to be doing more of? And oh, by the way, what are the things that I hate? And yeah. that's always a strong word, right? But we've done, you know, we've it's done those exercises and it's real. And yeah. I hate abuse. Hate it. Um, you know, and I'm, I'm sure that there are people that are like, oh yeah, well, I don't like abuse. No, I hate abuse. Hate it. Mm-hmm. And so for me, most of my clients are going through some kind of abuse. And it gets a little bit tricky because a lot of times we think, well, he didn't hit me or whatever, but there's so many different aspects of divorce, the emotional, the financial, the legal. I mean, there's just that it's rampant and there's not one specific kind of like profile of person that is in that category. I mean, I have women that their husbands were very successful. They were very successful, Um, you know, multi seven figure net worth, and there's still abuse happening. Uh, she mm-hmm. can't go to the store without getting approval to make a purchase. Um, she can only use credit cards and and doesn't have cash or hasn't written a check or, I mean, it's absolutely awful. And this is the stuff behind the scenes that you know people aren't necessarily talking about. Yeah. And then you add in the divorce aspect, um, and it just becomes even more difficult. So, I think for me that was really the key, and it's hard because. Again, I think a lot of the states that I work and I'm obviously based here in Wisconsin, but I work all over the country. Some states are doing a better job of really, really starting to define abuse um, more so than just, you know, hey, they were hit or, you know, pushed or whatever. There's just so much more to it.
0: Yeah, there's so there's so many other levels than just physical. Yeah. Emotional, mental, uh, financial. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay, so what are some of the biggest mistakes that you see women make when it comes to navigating divorce? And what would you advise them to do in lieu of these things?
1: Yeah, so I would say some of the biggest challenges, um, a couple things. One is um, beating themselves up around not feeling like they didn't take ownership or interest in the finances. Um, so that certainly can play into it. Mm-hmm you kind of alluded to this, and that is the, you know, impact on confidence. And usually that happens for a variety of different reasons. Um, But I would say, you know, really the formula for confidence is, you know, knowledge plus experience. And if we have the knowledge without the experience, it's, you know, theory. And if we have the experience without the knowledge, it's trial and error. But when we get those two things working together, it's really powerful. And so I think that would be the first thing is, you know, there's a, uh, opportunity for women to be able to reconnect with their confidence. Um, the other kind of mistake I see is a lot of times they'll, they'll say, well, Rhonda, I need to, you know, find an attorney right away. And there's actually things that women can be doing behind the scenes before they actually even file, um, like, you know, looking for documents or organizing the financial information or trying to get mm-hmm. a handle on expenses. Um trying to just be aware, like I always say, women become really good private investigators when they have to be. And so they can, you know, all of a sudden they're like, "Ron, I've never really had access to the, any of the financials, but, oh, by the way, I found this statement or, oh, by the way, I found, you know, an old tax return or, oh, I found this, what does this mean? Um, And so there's just opportunities for them to be able to start kind of preparing before Mm -hmm. they actually file. And I think it really puts them in a good position because they can start to be more proactive than reactive. Um, The divorce process in and of itself is very reactive um, Mm. and not as proactive. And so I think, you know, that's certainly part of it. And one of the other, you know, things too, Kylie, is obviously fear. I mean, they're afraid. You know, the biggest question is, you know, am I going to be okay? And I'm like, you know, or am I going to be fine? And I'm like, well, we have to define what that means for you. I can't tell you that until we get a little bit more information.
0: If you're looking for an opportunity to set aside time to work on you and your business this fall, save the dates October 18th through the 20th to join us in beautiful Milwaukee, Wisconsin for our three-day Defining Success Retreat. This will be the third retreat we've hosted and guaranteed to be the best one yet. Women have flown in from all over the country to join us for these retreats to gain clarity on who they are, what they want, and then align their businesses to make everything happen. We have three guest speakers in addition to myself, and I guarantee you that we can save you years and hundreds of thousands of dollars in investments you would have otherwise made or lost on missed opportunities over the course of these three days. For more information, check out rixretreat.com. And to learn more about our other defining success offerings, visit rixsuccess.com. You talk about being proactive versus reactive, and um, I've never heard of anyone having a quick and painless divorce. Um, What would you say for anybody listening who's maybe considering making this decision, um, What kind of timeframes would you recommend they start to get things organized or they start to, you know, gain access to things that they don't have, maybe without calling suspicion or whatever? Like, what would what would that timeline ideally look like?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I will preface this by saying a lot of times the women that reach out will say, Ron, I've been thinking about this for years five years, 10 years. I wish I would have done it sooner. And I'm like, well, we can't change that. So what can we do now? So I would say really a great timeline is probably about six months. Um, And the offerings that I have for my company to be able to help women really are kind of tailored around that. So six months is a good period of time for women to start getting stuff organized. We can help them interview attorneys from our vetted list of uh, preferred providers. You know, we can help them do a lot of things behind the scenes before they're ready. So six months is kind of that window once we get too far out, like oh well, Ron, I wanna, you know, when my kids graduate five years from now, and I'm like, well, oh, call me back. Because I mean, yeah. by the time we get everything organized, it's gonna be long, outdated, and things will have changed. Um so that that's certainly, you know, I think a kind of a good timeline. Six months. Okay.
0: Wow. Ugh, that's that's just tough. That's tough. Yeah. Um, so So for anybody listening, whether or not they're considering a divorce or that's something that they're going through, what are some things that we can do now to make sure that we're all individually taking care of our own financial wellness, divorce aside? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think there's a couple of things. I mean, first of all, you know,
1: we just have to be willing to lean into the conversation around money and ask questions. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there are going to be times where people are probably going to say, you know kind of disregard the questions. But I think that's one of the most powerful things. Can you help me understand why is it this versus this? You know, yeah. Um, so that's certainly one thing, getting a good handle on the budget. I always say, you know, budgeting is not sexy or glamorous and nobody really likes <laughs> to do it, but it's important. There's some really great apps out there. Um, obviously, the one that I have used for a long time is Mint, um, free, yeah. secure, you know, all that. The one that I've been testing recently has been Rocket Money. And I actually really like it because it identifies, um, expenses that you may want to negotiate. And so when I signed up for the service, it is, there is a cost to it each month, but, Mm -hmm. um, I signed up for the service and the first month they were like, Hey, you've got this like audio book that is somehow got purchased that is reoccurring. And I was like, wait a minute. And I don't know if it was one of my kids that did it. Like, who knows? I was like, I don't remember this. Okay. So I challenged it and we got it. Um, we got it taken off, but it was like ten bucks a month that was running behind the scenes. I had no idea it was running. Yeah. Um. So I think you know there's certainly some of those things that you can simplify. You know, to try to get a handle on some of those things. So that's the first thing. The second thing is, um, you know, make sure that you are reviewing, seeing the tax returns. You know, with things becoming electronic, it's very easy for um, one party to just e-sign the other party's name. I mean, I have clients that haven't seen oh, a tax yeah. return in ten years. And the IRS isn't, you know, coming after them. So clearly they, I mean, they're up to date from the IRS perspective as far as filings, but they haven't seen the taxes, which means they don't know what their spouse's income is. Um, You know, there's all kinds of stuff that could be, you know, going on behind the scenes that they really don't know about hmm um so that's that's one thing there's a way that they can actually get access to tax records if they feel like it's a little bit prickly or or you know they don't want to rock the boat on asking for information like hey i can't really go to the cpa because yeah he's you know he or she's kind of like you know my husband i feel like they're working with my husband more and whatever so you can actually go to the irs website and request a transcript and you can do that under the radar um you don't have to have anybody just you know Get permission to do it. You just can request it, and then you can see you know what's been going on. Uh, that's the first thing. The second thing is they can also pull um, a social security statement for themselves to see what their earning history has been over, you know, the last whatever their work time has been. So that's another way for them to get information. And then if anybody does have um, college-aged kids or people that are going to be going off to college, and they're filling out the FAFSA form, um, in Things have gotten so much different and so much better since uh, the days that I was in college 20 years ago. But the FAFSA form, you can actually fill out information and it will automatically pull in the tax information. So definitely less laborious (laughs) than it was uh, years ago. And so I had a client who hadn't seen the tax returns for several years, and she was the one filling out the FAFSA form and put in the information around the taxes and it auto-populated. And she was like, holy smokes, Rhonda. I felt like we had no money and my husband's making a significant amount of money, um, annually. And it was a game changer, you know, for her. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, you know, I just think it's also, you know, being aware and to your point, you know, you divide and conquer at the end of the day, there's only so many hours in the day. One person usually does take the lead on the finances. It's just, you know, life, right. But, yeah. but just make sure that you have an awareness of what's going on. Um, you know, so that if something does happen, that you, you know, where to, you at least know where to be looking for the information that you need.
0: For sure. Yeah. Um, that's interesting. That's a good call with the tax returns. You know, there's so many different transactions, financial transactions we have all day, every day. Um, but to go to that one specific place to kind of get all this information, uh, especially if you're blinded by the other side of, you know, your financial relationship, um, that's interesting. That's a good call. Yeah. Um, so for anybody listening who is navigating divorce right now, what do you want them to know? That's a great question. You know, I would
1: say, first of all, you're not alone. I know they probably hear that a lot, but you're really not. Um, a lot of times the things that they might be experiencing. So if you're experiencing like, okay, I you know, is this really how this goes or starting to second guess yourself or question, you know, even just your clarity of thought, right? You're like, what is going on here? I feel like I'm losing my mind. Um, Mm -hmm. You're not alone. That, that is a very kind of normal thing. And I think we, a lot of times have turned off listening to our intuition and listening to what our gut's telling us. And we need to start listening to that, you know, um, So I would say that's probably the biggest thing. And then, you know, just keep in mind, you know, the formula for for financial confidence. It's, you know, really knowledge plus experience that helps women navigate through, you know, life decisions. And everything is, you know, outable, right? I mean, we can always find the answers. Um, we can always ask questions. It just might not be easy or simple or fast, but it certainly, you know, is possible. And um, again, I know that you work a lot with women, you know, entrepreneurs. And I think at the mm-hmm. end of the day, um, there's a lot of women business owners, successful women business owners that I have worked with over the years that you know, they feel like Rhonda, I should have my stuff together, or hey, I'm running a business over here. And I really don't know what's going on with the personal finances, or I'm, you mm-hmm. know, whatever. And it's it's uh it's something that we see all the time. And so it's just the preparation uh, certainly is really, really important. And I think the last thing would be a lot of times women will say, Well, Rhonda, I'm smart. I'm like, We don't need to debate this. You're, of course, there's no question. I have no question about that. You know, it's just, they need the guidance and the direction, the coaching, the analysis, right? To help them kind of walk step-by-step through the process of divorce so that they can come out of the other side, you know, stronger and more empowered moving forward.
0: I am so excited to announce the launch of our Defining Success Mastermind. This is a six-month program that will meet once a month virtually for two hours. You'll be led by a seasoned business expert with a guest speaker each month based on that month's topic. We'll also be placing people into mastermind groups quite strategically to ensure you're properly matched with others having similar challenges or in similar places in their business. The value of this program is estimated to be over $12,000, but we're bringing it to you for just $350 a month. We'll be launching new groups twice a year, once in July and again in January with application cutoff dates at the end of May and at the end of November respectively. So don't miss out and apply today for free at rixmastermind.com. What are some of the biggest financial... um, Maybe surprises or challenges that people run into when they're navigating divorce? Like things are like, wow, didn't see that one coming. Wish I would have known about that. Yeah,
1: that's a great question. So there's a couple uh, things that I have seen. Um, one was we were actually in a mediation uh, with a client. So I will actually attend mediation uh, with my clients as a financial expert. And so we were in the room um, with the attorney. And usually in that case, the, the, Mediator is bopping back and forth in hopes to come to a resolution. Mm -hmm. And um, it became very clear uh, during that meeting that some information had not been disclosed. And what we found out was that the life insurance that the um, spouse had, the wife, soon to be ex wife, was not uh, the beneficiary. And in fact, she never had been. So the beneficiary was his uh, children. Who were minors. So she felt like a total gut punch. And she said to me, Rhonda, what would have happened if he died? What would have, you wouldn't have gotten the money. Well, oh, you know, wow. like it was awful. And and at that moment, right, again, a lot of times people will not disclose all of the information that they're supposed to, and we don't have enough time to go into why all that happens, and it's just super frustrating. Mm-hmm. But people think that people are going to be transparent. Hey, they're going to come to the table. They're going to disclose all their assets and liabilities, and we're going to know exactly what's going on. And that's not the case. They can withhold information. And how do we get it if they're not willing to give it to us? Well, there's some strategies that the attorneys can use but it's a lot of work, you know, and it can be expensive to do that sometimes. Um, but this one, you kind of just, you know, if you're married, right. You typically, we will see that the spouse is the beneficiary, but he had changed, perhaps never put her on in the first place. So that was really hard. Um, the second one, second story was, um, or women who maybe their spouse is the one who um, has owned a business or owns businesses, they might both own businesses, they might be in mm-hmm. business together. Um, but one party actually has kind of like these side things going on. So we actually work with a private investigator out of New York uh, to help us find uh, hidden assets. And oh. it's super fascinating and really it's just awesome. I spent a long time trying to find him. And so we work very closely with him, but I have a client in California and her husband had three businesses that she knew about. Um, but we did an asset search because she felt like there were potentially some other things that she wasn't aware of. And the asset search came back and showed that he actually had, uh, three additional businesses that he had set up and transferred ownership to one of his female business partners. um, and that he was still, you know, part owner of these companies, but we would have no way of knowing that, you know, if we hadn't done the asset Uh search. Wow. So it's pretty it's pretty difficult. and you know,, I don't think that you're ever truly prepared. It's a whole new level of feeling um you know, feeling like they they've been trust has been broken, and that you yeah, know betrayal. somebody has betrayed them, yeah, um it's it's really hard. So, yeah, even you know, it's always uh, I get the report uh, and I go through it with my clients because i I feel like you know, just send the report over and have them look at it. I want them to like, we can talk through it, you know? Um, and sometimes you end up with more questions than answers, or you get clues of things that then you can turn around and have the attorneys ask. But, you know, had we not done that, we would have no idea what was really going on. I mean, properties or businesses or trusts that were set up. I mean, it's just, it's really crazy. Um, yeah. And people often only disclose what they want people to know. So it really puts women, that's why this is so challenging, is because if we don't have a clear picture of the entire picture of the assets and liabilities, there is exposed risk for women. And, you know, the stats show us that women's lifestyle typically goes down 41% after the divorce is over. And I, I, fully believe that part of that is two things. One, not truly having transparency on what's available that should be considered as part of the negotiations. And the second uh, component to that is not knowing how to negotiate. I think that's Mm -hmm. one area that women really um, haven't necessarily had the experience or don't feel confident doing. And It's a huge part of the divorce process, Um, huge part. And it doesn't have to be nasty, but like you have to be able to set the boundaries and have clear expectations and communicate very clearly, you know, and I have a process that'll take people through with that. Like, um, and I'll just share it really quick if we have just a moment, because I think it's really helpful. And people can use this, of course, you know, not just for divorce negotiations, but for, you know, working with strategic partners or, um, you know, for, Salary or whatever. And it's something that I have used probably for 10 years and it's been very helpful. So the acronym is A NOT A N O T. And it's just a way for us to tee up to how to initiate having that negotiation type conversation. Um, it could also be, Hey, somebody's inviting you to be part of a nonprofit board and you want to make sure that you, you know, have clarity on really what's being asked of you. So the first one is acknowledge, Hey, thank you so much for a genuine wholehearted, you know, just real, something simple of gratitude. That sounds like you, Hey, I'm grateful. We could at least have this conversation. You know, I'm grateful we could have the conversation, right? I mean, it's sometimes can be tricky in those situations because they're heated and emotional, but just what's one thing you could be grateful for? And we lead with that. Mm -hmm. the n is naturally comma i right so we always just kind of like kind of like handling objections up first just to dress the elephant in the room here's what i'm here's what i'm all about naturally i right want to make sure that i can navigate through this process um you know as smoothly as possible obviously you um Mm -hmm. you know are concerned about you know and then fill in the blank right and then the T is the ask. What are you asking for? And sometimes, you know, I think a lot of times we think, well, if we're going to be negotiating, we just got to come and ask for the big stuff right away. But sometimes it's as simple as teeing it up around, you know, the process that they're going to consider using for divorce. Like, Hey, I'm glad we could have this conversation naturally. You know, I want to make sure that we can do this in the seamless way, the most seamless cost-effective way possible. Obviously, you know, you're concerned about wanting to keep the house and I know that you, you know, you're blah, blah, blah. And then the ask could be, Hey, can we, can we have a conversation around, um, you know, just, what process we want to use for the divorce process. Or can we have a conversation around, you know, our, the whole picture before we try to make a decision or, you know, whatever, like it, it can, doesn't always have to be about dollars and cents. Yeah. Um. And, and I also encourage my clients to use it with their attorneys, because a lot of times the attorneys will say in their, in their agreements, well, we respond within 24 hours, a week goes by, two weeks goes by, and they don't hear with them. And it's like, hey, you know what? I'm glad we can work together. Uh naturally I'm feeling, you know, anxious because I haven't been through this process before. Obviously, you've got a lot of clients and I know you're overwhelmed, which again, it, wah, 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 like that to me is no excuse, but okay. And then the the ask is, hey, you know what? I know in your agreement you said that you respond within 24 hours. Um, you know. Could, could we revisit that that actually happens because it would help reduce my anxiety and blah, blah, blah. Like that's how, you know, that's how we tee it up. And it's been really, really helpful. And I've had several clients who have gotten raises as a result of using that format. I think it's just because we avoid it because we don't know how to start the conversation. And it's like, ah, we just either like avoid it or we say it really fast and then run out like, you know, Um, Or we say things that we wish we would have said differently. And so it Mm -hmm. just gives people um, kind of a track to run on as they're kind of thinking through how to approach that.
0: No, I love that. Um, A-N-O-T. I love that. I have a similar but different acronym uh, that I I shared like years ago, but I never got a really good acronym out of it, which now it's comical because it's so bad, but it was like how to handle like difficult client requests. And it was a foich, which is a a fake word, not real. It was A, acknowledge, like everybody just wants to be heard, right? F, state the facts. Like this is what's, this is, you know, just what it is, no emotion, Right. O, um, state your options. Like here's here are the different ways that we could potentially go forward here. I, this is the impact of, you know, whatever is decided here. Um, C is the call to action. Like this is what I need from you in order to make these things happen. And then the last one was H, humility. Like at the end of the day, like if I've misunderstood anything that, you know, you've said here, please just let me know you know, didn't mean to, you know, whatever it was, humility, but it was such a terrible acronym. But I love that they both start with A and acknowledge and, you know, you're working your way through, like, this is what I am hearing. This is what I can offer, you know, like, so similar, but I I like the um, A-N-O-T. I mean, I think, yeah, you're right. You can use that in probably everyday conversations more than you even realize. So that's yeah. a great framework to start those difficult conversations for sure. Yeah,
1: absolutely. I know. I love acronyms. Um, I just, yeah, I love them. It's yeah. just great. You know, yeah. I think they're easy to remember and we can, you know, we get comfortable using those in situations that otherwise might be kind of stressful. Um, so we can think clearly and have a plan.
0: Yeah. That's, I mean, have a plan, right? That's the plan. That's the plan to have a plan. Have a plan. Um, Rhonda, for anybody listening and wants to learn more about you and the work that you do, uh, where can they learn more? How can they contact you? Yeah, absolutely. Well, there's probably the main option would be my website, uh,
1: WF. WC, so Women's Financial Wellness Center, wfwcdivorce.com. I do have a podcast as well called Divorce Conversations for Women. uh, So they can check that out, uh, published articles and stuff that they can check out as well for free. And then if they'd like to take the quiz, which is, hey, I'm kind of contemplating this. I want to know what my next best move is. They can take our next best move quiz that's also available on the website.
0: Nice. There you go. Uh, For anybody listening who's enjoyed this conversation, please go ahead and leave a review wherever you are listening. And uh, Rhonda, thank you so much for sharing your words of wisdom, especially on such a a challenging topic. Uh, Much appreciated. Thanks for joining us today. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. To continue learning how to better build your business and make your vision a reality, subscribe to the Welcome to Eloma email list at welcome to Eloma.com.